these women are more men than some of these men. And that's a challenge because no man wants another man to be in a relationship with. Who are you going to attract? You're going to attract like just thirsty, low value, thirsty men who just want to hit, smash and cut. Yeah. And then when that happens to them, they say, oh, men are trash. If you ask your grandfather that question, he'll say, no, bring your woman flowers every day. Every day. Thank but women back in the days are different, <laughs> completely different. You cannot compare. They didn't have social media. They weren't comparing their life with someone else. They weren't looking at the Kardashians as role models, right? They were completely different. Yeah. Everything's easy now. You want to eat, you just click your phone. Food comes. You want to gratify yourself and you want to feel like you're liberated sexually. You can watch something if you really want to. You want to find someone that you could date. You can swipe on Tinder. You don't have to build your confidence if I talk to a girl. You go through your life doing everything because that's the way it should be done. Mm. Okay, go through school, go to university, get a job, get a house, mortgage, family, kids. And you realize at 45, what did I just do with half my life? Yeah, That's why we have midlife crisis. There's so many life coaches out and about. So why people should listen to you? So I like to specialize, and I, I am a specializing in masculine development. What it means to be a healthy masculine man. So life coach, everyone's, a, everyone's a life coach. Mm. So I don't really like even saying that I'm a life coach. That's why I went with masculine development, or even like a mentor. Like I'm not even going to say I got, I'm a coach. Masculine development is important for me because I feel like I didn't get the right kind of development to become a man when I was younger. I always thought... This is what it meant to be a man based on like my dad or what I saw on TV. But then as we go through life and you mentioned it on one of your last podcasts, like even something simple as being emotional and being vulnerable. It's like, well, you're not going to take me seriously if I'm like that. Yeah. And there's a fine line between being vulnerable and being a pussy, you know, or being uh, just a someone that it shouldn't be taken seriously. And there is something on along the lines of what it means to be masculine. Yes, you can be vulnerable, but you've got to know how to go and get things done and not just be in this state of constant pity or woe is me i have no control over my life like, no i don't believe in that i believe that we take control and we can take control but in a healthy way right you know, when we don't tread on people we go get shit done right and now i can look back at things like my dad and people like him and what they were doing and how he did it he has some really great values about him and there's some things that he could have worked on but different generation i want to help men find their truth be honest have integrity have respect for themselves and those around them and live life with in a, in a pious way talking about islam pious being pious is a very it's up there as one of the pillars right and conducting yourself in a way where people can trust you because you trust yourself and that i think that having that trust is such a pillar of masculinity that i think has been lost you know so even just people that listen to podcasts right read books good go to read books listen to podcasts but don't outsource your wisdom too often you've got to check in with yourself when we outsource our wisdom too often we lose trust in, in what it is that we believe in and lose, lose faith in our actions and our behaviors and we're second guessing ourselves too often. Let me just go check for something. Let me go ask someone. Let me go check with my therapist. Let me go check with my co No, what about what you think and what you feel? And be willing to take risks, be willing to fail so that you can learn. But That's, do you think people are lazy? Yeah. They, they, they're not asking enough questions. They're not having honest conversations with, with themselves. themselves. Right? Exactly. Like, one of the things that ha helped me find my purpose it was isolation. I isolated myself from family, yeah. friends, from everybody. And I was just stuck in this room. You know how housing in Europe, in London, yeah. very tiny, a little bit. <laughs> and I was always asking myself questions like, what's my purpose in life? Like every man God created has a purpose in yeah. life. And, and it's up to you that. finding that purpose. People don't do that. 
it's a big question to ask, what is my purpose? You know, and we get taught something different growing up at school. So mm. in school you're taught, okay, your decision in year seven, 11 years old is so important now. Okay, you get to year 10, GCSEs, this is important, it's gonna affect the rest of your life. Like, what? That's huge. And they, you get confused that that is your purpose. The, the subject that you pick at school is defined as your purpose. Or you're gonna become a vet or a doctor you or reckon? an accountant. I feel genuinely that that is confused by purpose. And then you go through your life doing everything because that's the way it should be done. Mm. Okay, go through school, go to university, get a job, get a house, mortgage, family, kids. And you realize at 45, what did I just do with half my life? Yeah, That's why we have midlife crisis. That's true. Because everything we've done, especially with guys, it's been for everyone else. And then what about me? And that's when they go and buy the Lamborghini, the Jaguar. <laughs> and then they're like, ah. I feel like uh, I'm just, you know, people think they're crazy, but they just realize that they spent so much time doing what it is that other people wanted them to do, mainly their family. Right. Or their partners, or what they didn't keep part of themselves. So the work I do with men is saying, okay, reclaim who you are, still maintain your responsibility, but don't lose yourself. What do you want? Most men don't know what the hell they want. That's true. And how do you think a man can start looking or searching within his soul to find his purpose? If you don't have something that you can go toward, look at what you're running away from. What don't you want? And start there. What don't you want? Is Rather it, than what do you want? If you, like I said, if you know what you want, you have something you can work towards. Mm. But sometimes it's easy to think, what well, I don't want. What kind of life don't you want? You know, if you were to if you were to describe your ideal day, what would it look like? Does it look like the day you have now? Luckily for me, my days are quite. I love the way I live my life now. I'm a freelancer. I do what I like. I work when I want. You know, but when I'm back in London working this nine to five. Stressful. I can't imagine doing that ever again. You know, most men are living a life of quiet desperation. I think this is a Jordan Peterson line where you're just getting by. That's sad. There are some really horrible metrics about men in life, about being single, about being alone, about dying early, about the, the stresses that they face, about the suicide rates, all kinds of stuff. Because they just, they're not doing what they need to do for themselves. And why do you think men now are weaker, like I suppose back in the day? Everything's easy now. Okay, you wanna you wanna eat? You just click your phone. Food comes. Right. You don't have to cook. Cool. You wanna gratify yourself and you wanna feel like you're liberated sexually? You can watch something if you really want to, right? Um, everything is easy. Everything is attainable. You wanna uh, find someone that you could date? You can swipe on Tinder. You don't have to build your confidence and go talk to a girl. You don't have to work on your body for anything. You could, like I said, you can watch something. There are too many ways out. Instant gratification is... So do you think technology, in a way, manipulated the way we think and we look at life? 100%. And made us weaker? It has made us weaker. It, it's taken away the effort. There's too many ways out now. There's too many ways that can make everything easy. If you do what is easy, your life will be hard. If you do what is hard, your life will be easy. And that mantra really stands true. Right. Do the hard things. Going to the gym isn't easy. But the way that I look, the way that I feel, the strength that I have, the muscle that I built, the way I look in my clothes... I enjoy. You can't get this in a cheap way. Even if you go and get plastic surgery, you will out eat your plastic surgery and you'll go. But you can't plastic surgery your personality. Exactly. <laughs> and and the hard work does build character. Right. Don't you find it's more interesting to speak to a man that's got stories to tell you because he's done things? Well, if you speak to someone that's just done nothing with their life and they're just sitting here coding all day or whatever it is that they do in their basement, they have nothing to say. Right. So they're not interesting in any way whatsoever. Right. Which is fine. If you, that's the way that person wants to be, completely okay. 
but I'd rather be the interesting person in the room. It's a dangerous place that we're in now where people right. just aren't going inside and doing the deep inner work of, let me just learn to love myself. And then if I'm not okay with maybe a little bit of what I'm feeling here, or you know, they're not, they don't want to go and do the hard work to go and, and go and change that, change their diet. Change is hard. Right. Change is one of the hardest things and we hate it. But change is growth. Change is growth. Exactly. Couldn't put it better myself. People fear change. And that's why I've also got some of the guys that I work with where they're growing and they're changing and their partners don't like it because they're becoming better. Mm. And the women are like... Uh, they start uh, feeling insecure. Yeah. Right. Because if he gets better in every asset of his life and I'm not, then uh, who am I? He's going to leave me. Right. You know what I've realized as well? Like people fear, fear change because they're too attached to who they are now. Our ego. Yeah, not ego, but like you're too attached. Like I remember I was too attached to London. I never wanted to leave. Mm. Like I, I loved it there. I loved the lifestyle. I was doing my thing. But then I was like, you know what? I'm just too attached to the place. Let me just push myself. And that helped me change a lot and just meet great people like yourself. Because yeah. over there, like what are the chances you go to the pub or to the bar or to any event in London and you meet someone who's... Someone. It's not, not, not someone. Not, I'm not talking about dating, but like someone who, who shares similar values, great mentality, great mindset. Yep. Like all who, all who you're going to meet is Big Dave from around the corner. You're yep. right, mate. <laughs> you're not going to meet someone who can help you evolve your life there as much as in comparison in Dubai. The chances Dubai. are higher here. The sure. chances are high. Like you can go to the pub here or to the restaurant and out of 10 people, you're going to meet eight, seven millionaires, self-made. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. But they were flocking here, right? London is the way it is, and this is why we left. Mm. Like, my family left their homes to come to London because it was the place to be. And we right. left London and whatever to come here. This is the place to this be. This is the place to be. And we are creating something different for our legacy and our generations that come That's after true. us. You know? It's just a cycle of life. That's just the way it goes. I'm grateful to be here. Man, I love the people that I've met here. I've, I've met only good people. Only good people. You know? Not met a single douchebag. I just don't keep those kind of people. And I think I, don't, I just don't attract it. What do you think divine a high value man? A high value man is a man that is willing to do the hard things. He's willing to face fear. He's willing to take steps that will enable him to correct some decisions that maybe weren't good for him in order to pursue growth, both emotionally, intelligently, physically, and is able to be well-rounded in each of these different areas of wellness, your finances, your career, your relationships, is a man that isn't someone that will shy away from problems. You know, he'll face them. He'll talk about them. He'll speak to his partner he'll, or his mum or his sister and they'll be able to really have that conversation and know how to lead. And if he can't lead others, at least he can lead himself. You know? I think that makes a high-value man. It doesn't matter about what you wear. Yes, take care of how you look. It doesn't mean that you've got to be rocking a Versace suit and a $70,000 watch. It doesn't mean that. It means that you take care of how you look. You know? You take care of your physique, you eat the right foods, you're high value because you value yourself. Right. It's not about anything else. A high value for man for me isn't someone that is a millionaire. He will become a millionaire, I'm sure, if he conducts himself as in a high value way. Respect. Respect yourself. Have integrity. Love that, love that. Yeah. And you know, one day I had my guy he's from America, I met him on Instagram and he came to Dubai. And he's a big spender and he's a big flexor. Mm. And I was like, bro, what you're doing is absolutely, absolutely, absolutely wrong. Because who are you going to attract? You're only going to attract the, you know, the gold diggers, the mm. bad females into your life. 
And so I, at that time, I stopped seeing him for about a month or two. Mm. And then he rings me up and he says, bro, you're right. Uh, I'm out of money. I'm like, what happened? He was like, bro, I met this chick. I flew her back to London, done this, bought her bag, bought her LV shoes. I'm like, what are you doing, bro? Like, look at you. Look at the way you're spending your money. Look at the way when you go out, flexing and acting up. Like, who are you going to attract to your life? What advice do you have for men in their 20s? What advice I have for men in their 20s? How should they be living their life? Avoid five things. Avoid drugs. You need to always be functioning. You need to always be performing at your best. Avoid alcohol. Avoid um, loans. Never take loans because you're ne a never-ending cycle. Like you, you take the loan today, you're, you're at A, you pay it off, C, you're broke again, and you never end. Three, avoid women in your 20s. Mm. Focus on building yourself. Never chase women. Chase money. Because when you chase money, women will come to you. Four, don't waste no time. Your time is the most valuable asset you've got in your 20s because time never comes back. Like this breathe, I just took in and out now. And it's, if I do it again, it's never going to come in the same vibration or energy. It's not, it's not the same. It's not the same. And five, be with the right people who can help you evolve faster. So that's, that's the five things I would say to men. No, I love it. I love it. And one of the key things there is don't chase women. Like just leave them alone. Go focus on what you've got to focus on. Um, that's what my dad would tell me. Right. And I did chase women. And you know what? I'll, I'll tell you something, right? Like women these days are different, right? Like back in the day, our mothers, when they used to have an, like, you know, fall into an argument with our fathers, they get upset. They don't talk for a day. Maybe she'd go to her father's house and her father would tell her, go back to your husband, yeah. right? Now, all what she has to do, if you, if you have an argument with your chick or your wife, all what she's got to do, take a selfie, right? And then there's another 60 idiots Right, who will react to her story and give her that attention, do I mean, right? Yeah. Where she feel like, oh, I'm loved. Yeah, love to women is attention, I think. Yeah. In, th in this day and age, not to all women, but I've, and I, I actually, that phrase, I've, I've coined it from somewhere else. Like I heard it on a different podcast. Um, whereas respect to men is love, you know? So you're right. I don't want to, you know, say that this is what is as easy as that for women, but it, it can be. And that dopamine hit. Mm. from those likes and that, that's that's all it is right this dopamine that rush and that's what we alluding to earlier we now don't take the time to develop long-term engagement with that pursuit of dopamine instead we want it now and that's dangerous and even when you look at social media you see the way they pose when they take their pictures mm. <laughs> the camera at the back they always gotta show off their bums when i was looking at uh, there was something that came <laughs> up on my feed today and it was a lady that was teaching pilates like showing a Pilates video and it was just all typically posed, you know, just to kind of get the most likes. And I was like, you don't need to do that. If you really care about Pilates and like the action. But what and, about your personality? I mean, you, it's hard to show your personality for your, exactly. for your Instagram. More. And like, who are you going to attract? You're going to attract like just thirsty, low value, thirsty men who just want to hit, smash and cut. Yeah. And then when that happens to them, they say, oh, men are trash. No, sorry. The way you've conducted yourself was horrible. Yeah. It's a difficult conversation to go into because you see the rise of, of particular speakers these days, such as Andrew Tate, right? And I spoke to three of my nephews last time I was in London because I wanted to understand because a lot of the youth are being influenced by him. And I'm hearing about him in the news and like, oh, we need to shut him down. I'm seeing a lot, a lot of bad things. But there's a lot of good stuff that he's saying, if I'm being completely honest. It's not all 
bad stuff. He's being labelled a misogynist, and and I don't even want to get into it because I don't want to get cancelled. You know, this is. But this is what I was kind of alluding to earlier: is that men are afraid. This is why we kind of got to this point. Men are afraid to speak up and speak their truth because when they start displaying what is masculine or healthy masculinity or even any kind of direction, purpose, uh, being a bit a little bit assertive or anything along those lines, it can be seen as overpowering, domineering, controlling, toxic. toxic. The word, I'm surprised we didn't even touch the word toxic until all this time, but toxic is a word that's thrown around so much. So I'm not surprised that men are afraid to be men. And we talked about being earlier, like our men or people in general were more lazy. It's easier just to be quiet. It's easier to live that life of quiet desperation because why would I want to speak up? Why should I? It's too tough out there right now. So I don't want to encourage men to be toxic in any way whatsoever. I want to promote healthy masculinity. Focus on yourself, do the work, go get some therapy, understand your shit bits, you know, learn to manage your anger, learn to process your emotions, learn to just get in the gym, do what's hard, do all these kind of things, dress right, smell good, look after your hygiene, take care of the family, respect yourself, respect the world around you, pick up your litter, you know, just, just simple things. Like right. you can be this high value man. You can still take note from these people like Jordan Peterson, Andrew Tate and whoever, analyze it critically analyze it, know what you, you want to take from it, which is healthy and bits that aren't, and go from there. And why, why do you think when men are being too nice or gentle, with their kindness get mistaken? Look, I was the nice guy for a very, very long time. I was everyone's friend. And it's just not attractive. We work on this thing called polarity. Mm. Right? Women want to feel, in the heterosexual world, heterosexual relationships, women want to feel feminine in their natural way. In order for them to feel that they can be feminine, typically they belong in a world which is masculine and they want to be around people and, and a person that makes them feel feminine because they are masculine. So when you've got these nice guys tiptoeing around doing everything for them, there's no challenge. There's no one kind of asserting boundary right. or some kind of grounding, which is, it might sound weird in this day and age, but it's, it's attractive, mm. right? And it's that polarity which is important. So when you've got these nice guys that don't speak the truth, they don't find them attractive. They don't want them. Right. And you always hear that there's always the asshole guy, the guy that's a complete douchebag that they're somehow attracted to. And you think, why? Why do you like that guy? Because there's an element of like, not fear, but they can see that he's a bit dangerous. Yeah. Something isn't quite right. Like knowing that actually he can be quite dangerous, which means that he's more likely to protect her in that kind of primal way. Mm. You know, you've got that little bit of to you. That's attractive. Why would you not want someone that can look after you and protect you? There's too many nice guys around these days, you know, not speaking their truth. Again, going back to what it is that I do, helping men speak their truth. Just do it. If you find her attractive, just do it. If you're going to lo risk losing the friendship, so what? Why do you want to hang about and just be in her life? Just because... I'm speaking about friendship, sorry to interrupt you there. Do you think men can be friends with women? Genuinely speaking. I used to think that. And I think that there are some relationships that do remain platonic. But I think ultimately, I think it's it's healthier and safer to maintain healthy and realistic boundaries between men and women. Mm. You know, you can have, and I know that there are people, many people that are, I've got female friends, but I have less female friends than I have male friends. You know, especially when you're in relationships, you've got really got to manage that, that, that dynamic healthily. And I have had to go into discussion with my partner because it's, we have had to have that, that discussion, you know, around the kind of friendships that I've had. And she's called out a few people and I'm like, mm, okay, well, I think you're right. And it's okay. Whereas in the past, I would have thought that, you know, but actually if you respect your woman and your partner, you need to dance that dance and you need to be okay with that. I don't think, you know, it's also okay for a 
you to get into a new relationship and then they say, your friend of 15 years, you can't be friends with her anymore. No, I don't agree with that. But if you just met someone and you spend a lot of time recently and, you, and you're in a relationship, I think there might be something for you to consider here. Like, why are you doing that? Right. And I got to check myself in, in that same scenario. So be mindful. If you're going to be friends with the opposite sex, be mindful how you spend time together right. and, and what you talk about. Going back to the point you mentioned earlier about not being too nice. Do you think offer spoiling a girl can also be taken for granted and makes you too weak or too nice? Just think about what you're leading with. If you're leading with money, you're going to be used in a particular way. If a woman is leading with looks, she's going to be taken a particular way. Look at what you're leading with and cannot be surprised by the repercussion, the consequence based on your actions. So spoiling someone is is fantastic, but there's a word, spoil. Mm. I mean, spoiling them with gifts. No, I get it. Taking them out. I get it, but look at the word spoil. If you're using the word spoil and you're spoiling them, you're spoiling them. The word spoil is a negative word. Right. You know? But if you're treating from time to time and you're like showing them that you care and everything, there has to be some kind of reciprocation. Unbalance. You know? And as, I think as men, we, we, we need and accept less. You know, like you said, we, we, we want love in, in the way of respect. We want, you, we want to come home and get a kiss on the cheek when we walk in. That's, that can make our day. Right. You know, a lady might want roses and flowers from time to time. Okay. You know, we, want, we might want to come home and there's some food cooked. But not every day, because if you give your women flowers every single day, then you will lose that sort of respect. Manly I like, respect. I feel like if you asked your grandfather that question, he would say, no, bring your woman flowers every day. Every day. Like, but women back in the days are different completely different we cannot compare whatnot i think they didn't have social media they weren't comparing their life with someone else they weren't looking at the kardashians as role models right they were completely different yeah no i i do agree i buy my flowers my, my, my partner flowers from time to time not for any particular reason but i'll tell you something i was dating that uh, girl like a few months back and she, she went to me and she was like where's my flowers i'm like sorry she was like yeah where's my flowers i was like see the point if asked if asked for them it turns me off. The reason, like, I don't know, you might agree or disagree with me, but I was like, you don't ask for such things. Like, I give it, I give them to you when I ever, whenever I think it's the, t- the right time. Otherwise, they lose their value. If I give you flowers every day, you're not going to be really interested. You're like, oh, I'm used to it. But if I give it to you every, every now and then, when you least expect it, then it's like, wow. So I'm going to blow your mind with something right now. Okay? Because I used to think the exact same way. And... When they say things like that, that's them telling you that some kind of need is not being met, but they're not always able to articulate what it is that they really need and how to say it. Mm. It isn't for us to be like, no. A relationship thrives on needs, expectations, right? And our ability to meet those expectations and to meet their needs and for them to meet our needs. Your need was to just don't say anything, let me just handle it. Her need was, well, I would like flowers more often. But she's see, expressing to you, she's telling you outright, something is a little bit missing, I would like a bit more. That's a bid, right? It's a bid for attention. It's a bid for connection. And then in your meeting that with what you met it with, it actually created distance. Yeah, but in my eyes, because I've learned from past relationships, and I'm always thankful for my past relationships. If you spoil a girl too much, or you give her too much from the start, from the get-go, she's going to take you for granted. And there's just going to be another option added to the to her list mm. right and for me to spoil a girl and give her gifts or buy her and whatnot i need to know she's my woman you, okay. right but like i'm not looking for any sort of 
transaction there to exchange with there or whatnot, yes. right? But like, no, and like even same same chick. I think we went out one time and her phone got stolen in Dubai, which really surprised me. And then she goes like, oh, if it was another guy, would have bought me a phone. I was like, excuse me. Okay, well, that's a red flag. That's a big, big red flag. And I was telling this story to my neighbor here, right? So she's from a country close by. I don't want to mention countries. Okay. <laughs> but she was like, hey, what's the point of her being with you? I was like, excuse me. Like, she's got to be with me for the man who I am, for my values, for my mentality, for the way I think. She was like, no. We women decide to be with guys so they can provide for us. I was like, all right, I can provide for you when I know you're my woman. Yes. Now we're just dating for a couple of months and I don't really know you that well. Like, yeah. we need time for me to trust you and start spoiling and show you the world. But I'm not going to show you the world from the get-go. You're not going to rave. You're not going to respect it. You're going to think, oh, he's done that with every girl he meets. And equally, what are they, what are they showing us about who they are? You know? Good one. So that's, that's, that's also important. It's... You can tell a lot by someone quite early on, but it's, the dating experience is, is wonderful when I do encourage people to date because it's your testing ground. Test things out. Poke a few times yeah. to see what, what happens. And that's what women are also doing to us. They're testing us to see what kind of man are you really. But they you need buy to have flowers show, from the next day. They all seem to show us who they are too. Yeah. You know, are they thoughtful? Are they showing you respect? Are they making sure that you feel like you're the man when you're around them? Like you've got to know also what you're receiving from, from them. And not that it should be this, like I said before, this kind of equally balanced situation, but there's different ways in which we feel love and respect and we have our needs met. If all she's doing is demanding from the very beginning, I'm not saying she was, but if she was, it would be like, okay, well, that's not what I want. Yeah, it puts me off. Yeah. Really, and I'm very picky. And like, even if I meet someone just newly, and if I see they don't really think the same or we share the same similar values, I just cut them off straight away from the get-go. Because I don't like to waste time and I don't like to give her false expectations. And I'm not like these guys. I might just, you know, keep up with her because I'm, look, I'm, I'm looking to satisfy my sexual desires. Yeah. And I believe in, in karma and I believe in God and I believe whatever you give out there, you're going to receive it in some way or another. Right. And I don't want to be used. So I'm like, no, you know what? I don't think we can get along. With all due respect, let's not waste time. Let me not give you false expectations or hopes. Let's end it here. Did all you explain to her why? Yeah, and I was like, you're not for me. The no. way you think, yeah, yeah. The, the way you, you behave, the way you ask for things. And I'm not like that. And I feel like because women come to the sea and sometimes they meet these idiots, right? Who just, as soon as he meets the chick, he buys an iPhone, he, he takes her out. So they have this massive, massive expectations coming to Dubai. They think every Arab guy or every guy from the region who live in Dubai is just a rich dude who's going to buy her an LV bag, an LV dress. No, relax. Who are you? Like, if there is anyone I should first and foremost spoil is my mother, my sisters, and then my wife. Mm. If you're lucky to happen to be my wife. And one thing I hate as well, um, one, one girl I was dating as well, like, because I'm always busy. She was getting jealous from my editor, Vicky. She was like, go marry him. I'm like... I'm just working because I work a lot. Sometimes I work 16, 18 hours and I don't want no stress. I just want peace of mind. I want support, emotional support, that comfort, like keep going. I support, you know, these little things that we men cherish and, and appreciate, right? Yeah. And at the end of the day, I just, I was like, listen, you just give me too much headache. You give me too much stress. I don't think I can give you what you need. And I don't think you can give me what I really need. So let's just end it there.
She was like, no, no. I was like, no, 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 no. Let's just end it there. Let's not waste each other's time because this is really negative. Right? I, I want to build a positive relationship because if I'm working so hard these days, right, and I'm working really, really long hours, it's not just for me. It's also for our grand grandkids. If we happen to be together and get married, it's also for our kids. Yeah. It's for kids' future. So respect that and give me support, not just stress the shit out of me, yeah. which I don't really need. Right? No, I hear, I hear that. I think we, we value and we need support, especially people that are just out here struggling and striving and trying to build something. We want our partner to be the, like, our number one fan. Right. And, and you know, you're, you're a self-employed, right? Yeah. We're, we're, I'm a self-employed myself. We run our own business, right? Yeah. And you know the struggle and you know the mental toughness and the resilience that comes with it, the yeah. persistence, the hard work, the sacrifices we've made, right? And the, the least thing we need is someone to add more stress to it. Yeah, and that's why I really find uh, you know what I actually told her I was like you know what you actually go should look for should look for someone who's got a nine to five job so he can come back home to you every single day and give you that attention you need because I'm sorry it's not me mm. and I can't give you that. And that's also such an important thing to take away here is like what do you really want and what you're looking for rather than trying to go into a relationship and make them someone else. What do you want? This is person right for you. Be okay with it not being, you know, that way and, and party. All right. That takes me to my next point. Do you think you can actually change someone? 100%. Have you not changed in the, in the last... I've five? changed because I was willing to change myself right. first and foremost. But so, I don't think anyone has the power to change someone else. No. Maybe you can impact their lives every, you know, little details. But you cannot fully change someone. Because like, let's say you met someone who they're 26, 27. How can you change 27 of life experiences and thoughts and whatnot. How can you change them just like that? We shouldn't want to change anyone, right? But we can influence people to be better. And I think that's what it is. It's influence. about raising our standard. I think this is what Tony Robbins says. He says, raise your standard. If you can encourage someone to raise their standard, they will change their life. You know, and that's okay. Maybe you're going to be the catalyst. Maybe you're going to be the one that just shines the mirror up to their face. So this is, this is who you really are. Mm. And maybe they won't change until a little bit later. Right. I've got some guys in my men's group that still haven't hit the gym. And they told me they would. Okay, some people I can't influence right now, but they're going to see the rest of us just getting getting gains and and making you know uh, the change that we want to see happen. And maybe one day we'll hit them. We can't change everyone, but people will make a change. I'm not the same man I was yesterday, let alone what I was last year or five years ago. You know, we all go on our own path. And then going back to relationships, I'm sick of people trying to change each other. Accept. Thank you. If you can accept someone, accept them and love. If you can't, you just with respect exactly Stop trying to make people's lives miserable by trying to change them right and no one really will change unless they're willing unless deep they're... inside to actually change yeah like how many times people go on these old diets and stuff and these things where they, they force themselves to do something different and to make it a punishment they will relapse yeah because yeah. they didn't enjoy it in the first place because it didn't come from inside there has to be a strong why true and it's either something really beautiful or something really really painful but either way you need to have a strong why to do anything and, you know, there's a whole thing with like, alcoholics and going to rehab centers. They won't accept anyone that doesn't want to be there. You know, yes, you can go for an intervention, but they ultimately, the person has to say, I need to be here. Otherwise, it's not going to work. Absolutely. And what do you think some practical strategies in building, to help building a healthy relationship and meaningful connections? Honesty. I, honesty. Be I honest. Like and have those, have those conversations that are difficult. You know, um, when we, when we suffer in silence and we, and we keep things to ourselves, we're doing ourselves a disservice and the relationship. 
for example, you might be annoyed at your partner for asking for roses, yeah, but you didn't say anything. You let that simmer. You let you let it keep going, or you buy the roses and you just think, yeah, oh, whatever. Yeah, she's happy for a little bit, but then things come up, and then they become an argument because she says one day, you know, you didn't get me the roses, and, and you blow it up and you say whatever you want. Yeah, it became a big, big argument. That's because you weren't honest. You didn't deal with it in the beginning. Honesty can bring you close together. There's a um, as a method of especially romantic relationships or having these like weekly check-ins where you sit down once a week, same time, same place, same whatever, 7 p.m. on a Thursday, and you just check in with how you're doing in the relationship. How am I doing? Is there anything that you need that I'm not giving you that you could that you would like more of? What am I doing? What am I doing great? You know? Where would you like this relationship to go? Are we on the right path? Just having a really, really nice open discussion about what's happening in this relationship can just, especially when it's in a in a controlled environment mm. can really go quite far imagine you walk in after a long day's work and it's like 10 p.m and she said where is this relationship going let's talk now let's talk about something <laughs> you're like oh you're not even ready you want to just come home to some food and just chill out and just relax and just maybe have a right. cuddle on the couch so having that kind of timed way of doing it it it's just relaxing. helps timing is really important timing is so important especially for us guys that like we i've had it in the past where i'm like oh it sprung on me and i didn't actually i didn't want it i didn't i wasn't ready and even a question as something as nice and simple as how are you feeling about us we can take it the wrong way right but if it's said on a thursday at 7 p.m because you know it's coming how are you feeling about us you're like well actually i've been thinking it's completely different you know so honesty really like is the best policy and the next thing is how you deal with conflict to build healthy happy relationships like how do you deal with disagreements and arguments and fights do you let it simmer for days or do you like sit each other right down and say, okay, let's talk about it. Do you hold hands? So you, you know, you're looking at each other or are you sitting opposite each other? Are you sitting next to each other? Or are you, are you arguing and shouting and call each other names? Like think about it. I think the Gottman Institute, these are two relationship coaches and counselors, very, very famous from the States. They say that one of the precursors to divorce is, is the, the way in which and the speed at which resolutions are made after conflict. So mm. how things are dealt with and how long things can take can be so damaging that it can be a quick fire, surefire way to getting divorced. That's absolutely right. And what advice do you have for someone who's feeling stuck and lacks self-motivation in their personal life or professional life? Because, you know, the hardest thing in life is giving your best every single day and not getting any sort of results. And what's hard is going back at it the next day where yeah. you're not getting the sort of resources you expect and you're striving for. So what advice would you give someone who's stuck and lacks self-motivation? Go spend some time with people that inspire you. Inspiration. Yeah. Be around people that make you want to be better because maybe they are doing fantastic. In your industry would be fantastic, right? In your field. Be around people that are absolutely vibing on a different level to you. They say you're the sum of the five people that you hang around with. Absolutely right? true. If you're feeling stuck on your own, get out there and be with other people. One. Next thing you can do is map it out. Make a plan. You know, are you being consistent? Really? Like really, really, really? Are you actually doing the things that you're supposed to be doing that will get you to where you want to be? I get my clients to do a one-year plan and a five-year plan. Write out what your, what your life looks like in five years and map it out. Be really, really detailed. Next thing, your 12-month plan. Or your 12-month vision. What does your life look like in 12, in 12 months? Really visualize it to the best of your ability. Dream. Make it fantastic. And then map out the key goals. 
right? Then from there, you break down into smaller goals and you break them into habits and actions and you get people to hold you accountable along the way. I run an accountability group. Anyone that wants to get involved with my accountability group, we meet on a weekly basis online and I hold you accountable. And we all do as a group. Sometimes we just need some external external help. It's okay, you know? But if you don't know what you want, we mentioned this earlier, if you don't know what you're aiming at, you're not going to get there. So have something to aim for. And as Jordan Peterson says, sit on the edge of your bed and really ask yourself the question, you know, what am I doing wrong that I know I'm doing wrong that I could fix and that I can fix and that I will fix? If you can ask yourself that question honestly and take the action, you will see the results because only you know what it is that you can fix and you know what you're doing wrong and you know what you can do better at. And that is something that I really ask myself on a daily basis. Like I know that I could be doing better. And that takes me straight into my next question. Okay. So can you share some of the techniques that can help people who are going through what we're just talk, talking about to manage their stress during challenging times? To map it out, like you said. and All the mapping out stuff is fantastic, right? The things that will lower your stress will be one, doing the things you said you're going to do. You feel stressed because you're not getting things done and it's piling up. And you're feeling like you've got that, that negative voice in your head telling you that you're worthless, you're a piece of shit, you didn't do what you said you're going to do. That makes you feel worse because you know that you're not doing it. So it already becomes the self-loathing. One, do what you said you're going to do. Two, have people around you that make you feel happy and motivated. Okay. Three, cut out people from your life that are going to not be supportive of you. And you can even tell them, I just need you out of my life for a little bit because this is what I need and this is what I'm not getting. Next thing, meditate or pray or both. Connect to something greater than yourself. Sitting in the morning for five, 10 minutes to sit and breathe in silence before you've looked at your phone and i'm guilty of not always doing this but it has helped me it was a, it's a pillar it's a pillar of my life and i have definitely used it for many 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 years in order to help me feel more grounded if you want to journaling journaling is fantastic helps you get your thoughts down it really helps you just um analyze your thoughts getting it in front of you just enables you to paint the world in a different way okay it means that you can look at what's happening in your head right now and whether you look at it or not, it's out of your head. So those two things coupled together, meditation and journaling, really help manage at least my stress levels and getting a little bit sweaty, doing, doing a workout, you know, doing a workout, going to the gym, boxing, whatever it's going to be, releasing that energy and moving energy through the body has 100% like for me an effect on my stress levels the way that I manage my cortisol, my endorphins, my serotonin, all the good happy hormones, all of that is affected by the way that I, I work out. Absolutely, so absolutely. What right. would you do? How do you manage stress? Going for a run. Yeah, there you go. That helps me out the most. Like when I go on a run, especially when I go on an empty stomach early morning and I just sweat it out, it takes me to places I've never been mentally. And it just, it makes me feel that I can overcome whatever challenge I face during there the day. Go. The key power is that we have the power individually. We can do it all. We've got too many things working against us. Don't listen to that voice in your head. Right, and snapping out quickly. Like whenever I feel like there's some negative thoughts in my head, you have the power. You can't, you don't understand what I'm saying right now. But trust me, guys, trust me. Everybody's watching now. Just you have that power yeah. to snap out quickly. As soon as you get some negative thoughts, just be like, out, yeah. out. And it literally comes out of your head. One of the key things that comes up is change your environment. Exactly, your change environment your, is divining. Change your environment. Yeah. If you're feeling a certain way, get up, go for a walk, go, you know, move to a different part of the house. Sometimes look at other things like, have you eaten today? 
Sometimes your your your, your stomach is your second. That's your so sec- true. You know. That's so true. The food you eat and also what you consume on your social media feed. Yeah. Like if all I'm following is guys flexing, showing yeah. off the lifestyle, yeah. it's gonna make you feel like a failure. You ain't yeah. got nothing in your life. But you can look at that and also be motivated. So it depends. Look at it and think: mm. Am I motivated or am I feeling shit? Okay, if you're feeling shit, get rid of it. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Do you even need, do you even need social media? If you don't need it, just delete it anyway. I no, but it's, it's your choice to be a consumer or producer. Yeah. And I like to be a producer. Yeah. And like even the people I follow, great people like yourself, uh, business pages, stuff that will help me yeah. grow. Like you choose what you want to consume and make sure you produce healthy content as well. Look, 100%. To anyone listening, like we just, just remember that you have the power to cultivate whatever it is that you need to be the man that you want to be It's all inside of you. And if you need a bit of help, then we're here. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. I, did. I loved my time today with you. We've got a traditional podcast, which we're going to change it very soon. Okay. So the last guest wrote a question for you. Oh. So I'm going to read it out for you. All right. If the person who's hurt you the most showed up at your door, what would you say to them? I forgive you. Hmm. I can't hold on to anything anymore. It doesn't serve me in any whatsoever. Forgiveness is the most powerful thing. Because I can look now at everyone, I was having this conversation earlier, and think if someone had done something, they didn't do it because they hate me or they don't like me or that something was wrong in, in our interaction, it was because they're hurting. So all I can do is forgive. Forgive. And be more loving. 